Welcome to Rex Factor! This week, the animated show and other news. With your hosts, Graham Duke and Ali Hood. Hello! And welcome to Rex Factor, where we are still reviewing all the uh, Queen and Prince consorts of England, from Elswith to Prince Philip. Yes, we are. But we've been away for quite a while. We had a summer break that we, we sort did. of, um, neither of us really discussed, but actually worked out <laughs> yeah. rather well for both of us. <laughs> yes, it's been um, Elf Gafu of York was the last one we did, which was on the 5th of July that we released it. Really? And today that we record, it's the 5th of September. So that's exactly two months since wow. we last uh, last released a podcast. Yeah, that does seem a long while ago now. Yeah. So we're not doing an actual review today right. of anyone. We're not quite ready to get back into full podcasting mode. Okay. But we're going to be letting you know what we've been up to, why we've been away for so long. Yeah. And we've got some very exciting news about Rex Factor, the animated show. And we are going to be asking you, the listeners, to get involved, which we will explain shortly. It is exciting. Um, anyway, so apologies uh, that we've been away for so long. We did have this um, very ambitious schedule where it was all mapped out on a pretty much weekly basis. We did do very well at the start. Well, though. we were keeping to it, yeah. weren't we? But then, we, obviously, we got to a certain point, and then, as you said, accidentally took two months off. <laughs> <laughs> it was lovely. You went to Scotland. Well, yeah, so really real life kind of came yeah, along the and paid us a visit. So first of all, before I we went to Scotland, bought mm. a new house. You did. In which we are recording for the first time. It's the first episode in a new studio again. And if anyone out there is keeping track <laughs> yeah. of this, because I completely lost track, tell us which number it is. But it's been quite a protracted process for me as the house buying can be. Yeah. So I started it last year in 2018. Had to pull out the first one because it had subsidence. Mm-hmm. Subsidence. Uh, lost a buyer for my old flat, the old recording studio. Yeah. December. Had to get a new one at the start of the year. And then with just months and months of chasing, doesn't seem like anyone's doing anything. Yeah. And then suddenly in July, everything happens very quickly and middle of the month we get to move. With a toddler. With a toddler. And um, yeah, it's been full on, hasn't it? Graham? So basically 5th of July... From that point on, the next couple of weeks were just all about getting ready for the move. And moving. And then moving. Okay. And then, as you said, I went to Scotland on holiday. Mm. Then came back. And the problem, as many people I'm sure know, moving with a toddler as opposed to normal moving, is that you can't just start putting everything into place and bookshelves in place. You've got to actually childproof everything, which means you've got to really work out where oh. everything's going to go. Oh, I'm getting a bit stressed thinking about it, Graham. Well, yeah, so I've uh, bought a new house, whereas you've been rebuilding an old one. Yes, yeah. So um, I've spent the last year um, so... Li- oh, my throat just went... <laughs> I felt sorry for me. Kenneth <laughs> Williams in your throat. <laughs> I, I listen to a lot of Radio 4 Extra, <laughs> which has all of the... Um, Old comedies on it, favourites mm. being Navy Lark, Dad's Army, and, of course, Hancock's Half Hour, which has Kenneth Williams. And what was I talking about? Your house. Yes. The rebuilding thereof. Yes, so I spent the last year or so living with my parents, and then my partner's mum, uh, which has had its own stresses, <laughs> uh, again, with a toddler, 
meanwhile been doing a lot of work on ours we're nearly there mm. nearly ready to move back so i'm not meaning to prepare everyone for a another break um but there will be a point where i'm moving out yes. as well <laughs> um and the rugby world cup as well of course that i mean i'm sure everyone will quite understand <laughs> That we're Graham and I are going to be spending hopefully a lot of time together, but we won't be podcasting. We are going to have our heads in a hopefully upwards of forty-five inch television, <laughs> watching thirty men run around and get dirty. It's the Rugby World Cup, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> who who are you sporting? Uh, England. Yeah, of course. You love Eddie Jones. Oh God, no. Oh. <laughs> he okay. He is a Dunstan. <laughs> he really is a rugby Dunstan. Yeah, there's no escaping that man. Maybe it's just UK television. He's not on the equivalents around the world. But oh, mm. unbelievable. Uh, anyway, as well as all of that, um, the other issue for me has actually been having time to do research for X Factor mm. because, unlike previous series, all of the research for the consort series up to and including Alf Gafu of York, our last episode. I'd actually done all of that by early January. Mm. Usually I do each episode as I'm going along, but because with the consorts there was a lot of episodes where there wasn't a lot of biographical information mm. about that individual, mm. what I wanted to do was do it all together so that I'd be able to work out themes and that kind of stuff. Oh, for the end bits that we did occasionally. Yeah. How do you remember it all then? Uh, well, I just had loads and loads of notes and then I would kind of vaguely planned wow. what would go in each episode. We've got the right roles. <laughs> <laughs> but the impact of that was, because we had that very ambitious schedule that we were keeping to, mm. it's quite a lot of work getting those episodes out basically every week. Mm. So there wasn't any time for me to do new research whilst no. we were recording new episodes. And then consequently got to Elfgafu of York. And then I'm about to move house and... The big thing with moving house was that the study was completely unavailable for mm. basically a month and a half. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. was just the room where all of the stuff got dumped. Yeah. That is, that's what they're for, aren't they? I'm surprised kind of garage is for. studies. Yeah. Mm. If only we had a garage, we could have started recording podcasts a month ago. <laughs> yeah. Like the shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so basically, I unfortunately just haven't had any time to be doing uh, Rex Factor recently. It's also the difference of a not-quite-12-month-old versus 18-month-old. Mm. And quite a bit more yeah. intense in their requirements. Yeah. And movements. Absolutely. Gosh. It only gets more. Yeah. I can't wait till they go to school. I can. <laughs> I can actually. I really can. That's horrible. Do you, re- do you reckon we've um do you reckon we've covered our tracks? Explained ourselves. Yeah. Well, are we forgiven? Well, the good news is that uh, the fact that we are recording in the new house means that there is now a study available. There's a desk. It's not the desk. No, where is the desk? Uh, well, the top of it is to your right. Oh, yeah. The problem is that we're in the loft extension, yeah. and uh, it's got a slanty roof, so consequently, a standing desk that long, yeah. if it goes up, yeah. it's going to actually... It's going to hit the roof. Yeah. And actually, we haven't been completely idle on the podcasting front. We did uh, a recording with Saga Thing. Oh, is that between? Um, I think it might actually not have been between, but in terms of our dates, it was around the uh, sort yeah. of time that we mm. were finishing. Um, so we did our first crossover podcast. We appeared on their episode Saga Brief 16 to talk about the Battle of Brunember. Is that out? Uh, that is out, yes. Is it? Mm. That was out a few months ago. We're bringing some of our expert knowledge on Athelstan and Constantine II. I wasn't entirely sure why I was there. Uh, for your usual 
wit and repartee. Mm. You got very excited about a golf course. Did I? And the potential of a battlefield being buried underneath it. I'll have to have a listen. <laughs> You'll have to have a listen, indeed. Uh, and then we went to the Chalk Valley History Festival. Oh, uh, what, unfortunately, the recording of that um, was a bit small. Yeah, so we were speaking this sort of pop-up uh, talks, the mm. uh, same one that we did it twice, uh, and we were on a sort of... what? It was oh. like the back of a truck, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, our attempts to record it on our box thing mm. failed. M- uh, spectacularly. Uh, yeah, so we did a run-through of what we'd done so far. It was very well timed. So it was from Lady to Queen, the creation of Anglo-Saxon queens in the 10th century. Mm. So we it's did a, a shame we haven't got that recorded. That's yeah, the only a good podcast that yeah. isn't, doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, that's this, it was an extra special festival, an extra special moment. I got to meet a D-Day veteran. Yes. And I made sure that Rupert shook his hand as well. Yeah. So that, that there's a continuity there, little bridge. Mm. Um, what else? We saw... We saw Sam Willis. Got a photo with him. Yeah. Um, he was used to that, wasn't he? <laughs> He'd definitely done that before. Uh, grumpy face, grumpy face, grumpy face. Smile photo, grumpy face. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did seem to be in a dreadful rush for a reenactment thing at the end. Uh, anyway, so we've been doing all of that, but progress is now being made. I'm getting back into my research. The next one we're doing is a special episode on the Duke of Marlborough, John mm. Churchill. Yep. Uh, Victor of Battle of Blenheim, which I started doing in July, but then time completely disappeared yeah. for me. Well, I mean, t- to the point where I sort of, I'm always, I'm always ready for a podcast, love <laughs> it, but uh, we we got all these dates in the diary, and the, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, by the way, are we recording <laughs> yeah. tonight? We said, no, 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 no. All oh, right, oh, free night, brilliant. Okay, good. So I started doing the research on that. Um, so hopefully that won't be too far away now. Uh, for Privy Councillors, we're also going to do uh, like we did with the Braveheart. Though I don't think we actually did a proper review of that on the podcast, but we're going to watch the favourite. Oh wait, I really want to see that film with uh, Olivia Coleman as Queen Anne. When are we Anne. doing that? Uh, well, I guess after we do the special episode on Marlborough, because he will be well, oh, he's one of the characters I can't wait in the to film. Watch that. Oh, that's great. That's something to look forward to. I feel like, I feel like I'm talking with my mum and dad. <laughs> when are we going there? Can <laughs> we do it soon? Oh, can we do it now? <laughs> uh, and then after Marlborough, we will be back with the consort, Emma of Normandy, which would be a brilliant one mm. to get us back on. So we haven't forgot about the Saxons, about the consorts. They will be on the radar soon. Mm. Emma of Normandy? I thought she was... Who was William the Conqueror's wife? Then? Matilda of Flanders. Oh, uh, yeah. I knew it was an of. Mm. However, that is all in the future, but we've got something more pressing to talk about for the now. Right. People will, I'm sure, recall that we did Rex Factor, the animated show, yeah. with uh, Tin Mouse Animation, mm-hmm. where we got a 15-minute uh, animated version of what we do, us reviewing King Richard III. Mm. Had an awful lot of fun, crowdfunded by our lovely loyal listeners. We love you all. We got to go up to the King Richard III Visitor Centre in Leicester for the premiere. Awful lot of fun that was. Lots of people, of course, have been asking us whether we'd be doing more Rex Factor, the animated show. Yeah. And what we can uh, reveal now is that we are going to be applying for funding Mm -hmm. to do a second episode. Uh Uh-huh. So this is different to before where we did the crowdfunding and lots of that was funded by our audience. Yes, that's a good distinction to What we've done, we found um, the BFI, sort of an animated uh, funding opportunity. So we are going to apply for funding. 
So a big whack of money from, what is it, British Film Institute? Yeah, or the lottery or something like that. Whoever. Buy Tom, Tom knows the details. <laughs> Do you mean we're buying a lottery ticket this Friday? <laughs> yes, we're going to buy <laughs> 10,000 lottery tickets. Well, that's... Um, Perfect logic. So <laughs> what are we asking? Everyone else to do the same? and up Just send, post them in. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, but yeah, so we are applying for funding to hopefully uh, be able to make another version of Rex Factor, the animated show. Probably okay. a slightly different format this time, maybe a shorter uh, version rather than like the full 15-minute one that we mm-hmm. did before. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, very excited at the opportunity if we do get the funding. It's not guaranteed, of course. No. What uh, do we have to do to get it? Uh, so we have to make an application basically. Right. Um, so we'll need to send in a script, so you and I will need to do a recording. Who are we doing? Well, that is the pertinent question, Ali. We are going to let the audience decide oh who God. the next monarch will be. These if guys? We get to make it. These guys oh, are going to no decide. Way. I'm joking. Of course, our intelligent audience will come up with a classic. So Tom and I uh, met up yeah. to discuss all this, and we thought last time doing Richard III, the king, this time particularly with us doing the consort series, it would be fun to do a queen. So are we going to do Edward I? I'm just hearing Edward I. You're hearing that. Unfortunately, he's not... A queen? A queen. He wouldn't like that. No. No. So it's going to be a queen, queen regnant, so a monarch. Right. But the audience are going to decide which one. So, oh, Queen. So, oh, okay. So, not a consort. Not a consort. Okay. So, who are our choices then? Well, you've got a choice of four. Okay. Ali, these are your options for who we will do next. Can I uh, run through them? Because I think I, I've, I reckon I've got the four queens of England in my head. They're not necessarily all queens of England. What? Ah. Oh, okay. Uh, can I guess them? Okay. <laughs> Elizabeth first. Finalist in uh, Series 1, survived the chaos of childhood under Henry VIII, the religious swings of the siblings, uh, and then enjoyed a long, though still quite dramatic reign. We've got the succession question, rivalry with Mary, Queen of Scots, the love affair, or was it not, with Robert Dudley, the Spanish Armada, she's got it all, Elizabeth I. Rex Factor winner. Uh, okay, so it could be a Scottish one as well. Um, Maybe one that I've mentioned. Mary Queen of Scots. Mary yes. Queen of Scots, finalist in series two of Rex Factor. Was she? Dramatic life story saw her be Queen Consort of France and Queen Regnant of Scotland, as well as a strong contender to be Queen Regnant of England. Yeah. Imprisonment, escaped battles, murder, confinement. She's got it all. <laughs> Mary Queen of Scots. Rex Factor winner. Okay. Uh, um. Mary the First of England. No. Oh. oh. Um, Maybe Anne? another one that I've mentioned indeed, Queen Anne. Not a Rex Actor winner. No. But the first Queen of Great Britain. Yeah. Beginnings of party politics. Oh, first Queen of Great Britain. Because the Act of, of Great Union. Britain. Yes, mm. got you. Uh, major military success under the Duke of Marlborough. Mm. Spoilers. Uh, the beginnings of party politics. Now an Oscar winner in the form of Olivia Coleman in The Favourite. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. She's got it all. <laughs> Queen Anne. Re- oh. No. Yeah. Okay, so that's three. Yeah. What? Your personal favourite. Elizabeth first. No. Elizabeth second. No. Bloody, no. I can't think of another one. Quite a long reign. 
Oh no, I'd actually com- I genuinely <laughs> completely <laughs> forgotten her. Oh my goodness. Queen Victoria. Oh, please don't do like a spoiler vote. And <laughs> Previously the longest reigning monarch in British history, escaping the clutches of an evil pseudo-stepfather, the love affair with Prince Albert, the might of the British Empire, and exceptional commitment to mourning. She's got it all. Queen Victoria. Race fans a winner. Yeah. Right. So those are your choices. We've got Mary, Queen of Scots, Elizabeth I, Queen Anne, or Queen Victoria. One of those will be the subject of the second edition of Rex Factor, the animated show, should we get the funding successfully. Wicked. That's so, good to have a, a narrow uh, choice. Yeah. Yes, it's not just everyone we've ever yeah. done. <laughs> it would just be everyone voting for their favourite monarch. Mm. That's cool. So, Mary Queen of Scots, Elizabeth I, Anne Victoria. Now, because of the timescales for applying, which I think we've got to have done it all by November, uh, so we're going to try to get things going as quickly as possible. So for that reason, there is going to be just a one week to vote. So that means it closes next Friday? So it will close on Friday the 13th. Oh, da, da, da. Of September. Oh. 2019. Uh... So right. the survey okay. will be live now. How are they going to vote? Uh, so there will be a survey link, which we will be posting on Twitter and Facebook. It will be there permanently on rexfactor.podbean.com, rexfactor.wordpress.com. Yeah. And it's just a simple thing. You just... Is it a, like a survey monkey type thing? It's like that. It's a Google one. Oh, easy. So I think yeah, you'll yeah. need to sign in to okay. be able to do it because that's... Uh, you need a Google account? Yes. Okay. Indeed. Let us know if out. you have any problems or issues. But yes, so for one week... You will have the opportunity to vote. Will it be Mary, Queen of Scots, Elizabeth I, Queen Anne, or Queen Victoria? The decision is entirely up to you. So you can, if you are a queen, if you're a fan of your queens, mm. and one in particular, unless it's Mary the First, yeah, uh, or Mary the Second. Who was that? Uh, William and Mary. Oh, William and Mary. Yeah. Mm. Um, vote now. My throat just went <laughs> again. <laughs> Slightly butcher Kenneth Williams. (laughs) 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 That is quite a a, a long distance uh, reference, that one, isn't it? Going back, all the way back to 1950 there. So, hopefully, we will get the funding and be able to do uh, another one, because we had such a great time previously. Tim Mouse did a great job uh, animating us and Richard III, so it'd be great to see what Mm. they can do with uh, one of the queens. Mm-hmm. So, be sure to vote. Tell your friends. Get involved. Is that it? That's it for that. But, of course, we've got messages from people. Oh, whack it. Whack it. Whack it. Whack it. I I thought you were uh, wrapping up saying, so, that's... uh, I was trying to segue. Oh, I see. Well, I've ruined that, haven't I? Yeah, that's why I kept saying it again and again. (laughs) Correspondence Corner. So if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at RexFactorPod, and you can also like the RexFactor podcast Facebook page. Which is now, after a summer holiday, (laughs) coming back online. Uh, And as we said, we will be posting links to the survey there. Alternatively, you can email RexFactorPodcast at Hotmail.com or visit RexFactor.wordpress.com to read the blogs and complete the polls. And I am now starting to do 
blogs on the consorts, which I hadn't hey, done cool. previously. I haven't sent them out yet. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever Lovely. you use, and subscribe. And you can donate monthly for bonus content, the Privy Chamber podcast we do after each of our normal podcast episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and depending on the level at which you donate, you might also get access to special episodes, mugs and t-shirts. Yes, uh, I know the past couple of months haven't perhaps lent themselves to you thinking... Well, uh, <laughs> that you're getting your money's worth. But... Honestly, we are gearing up. Mm. We're back in the seat. And thank you to some new Privy Councillors. Oh, magic. Or be it several months ago now, because mm. we've not recorded for a while. Sean and Teresa, Jules78, Cameron Charbonnier, Carolina Wisendanger, Lauren Richards, I probably pronounced that wrong, not Lauren Richards, Smith Army Knife, Scott Jeffrey, <laughs> Lizzie Yule, and Steph Gladstein. Oh, well, thank you all, but specifically Smith Army. That's (laughs) fantastic. Uh, And some messages from Privy Councillors. Yeah. Uh, And again, as we've mentioned in previous episodes, sometimes, unfortunately, I don't know who's left the message because I get a weird username rather than the person's actual Ah, name. So if you want your name to be recorded, put it in the message or else you will be like MMJ7TG. I found you while researching my advanced higher history dissertation on the wars of Scottish independence. Hmm. Uh, and have been hooked ever since. Your podcast has not only unlocked the fascinating history behind the Scotland and England we know today, but every episode makes me laugh. Thank hey. you very much and keep up the amazing work. Thank you very much. MMJ7TG. Kate Guy. These randomly generated names. Honestly, <laughs> no. this poor woman. By the holy face of Luca. <laughs> I am honoured to become uh, a member of the esteemed Privy Council. I can't tell you how much I enjoy sharing Rex facts with unsuspecting people in my daily life. Legend! I am also quite proud that after a year of listening to your show and talking about it at home, my four-year-old daughter now has opinions on her favourite queens. Now that is a result. Mm, Elizabeth I and her mum, Anne Boleyn. Pretty solid choices, in my opinion. I'm loving the consorts and can't wait to get to Eleanor of Aquitaine and Isabella of France. Keep up the great work and please consider a live show on the other side of the pond. What a lovely message, and I would love to consider that. Masfa. Hi, Ali and Graham. My name is Mark... Oh, yes, I could have changed that, couldn't I? (laughs) (laughs) Funny there was a clue. (laughs) My name is Mark, and I come from Denmark. Oh, I see what he's done there. After listening to your podcast for two and a half years, supporting the animated show and seeing your live show in London, where I got to ask you a question, I finally become a Privy Councillor. For the past three years, I've worked as a tour leader touring Normandy with Danish tourists. We passed Richard the Lionheart's Chateau Gaillard, and while talking about Richard, Henry, Eleanor and John, I of course talk about and recommend Rex Factor. Good man. That is commitment. What um, what a lovely bloke. And what a great gig. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. And after we've done uh, the Duke of Marlborough, I think our next special episode is actually on Chateau Gaillard. Is it? Castle, yeah. Oh, lovely stuff. Special episode on the castle. Yeah. Uh, and We should go there. Mm. NWWS5N, mm-hmm. if uh, that is your real name. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for X Factor. I've been listening since mid-series one and have enjoyed every step of the way since, especially the playoffs. Because of this podcast, I started listening to Saga Thing, which led me to whole new journeys, learning Old Norse, for starters. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, I thought it was that's about a say, commitment. I thought you were about to say uh, Old Norse Legends or something. No. Um, old Norse... <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. Full wow. Stop. But I'll always cherish Rex Factor first. Eee. 
Uh, and now some messages from our other listeners. Alrighty. Uh, Rex Factor Decorating, subject from Alexandra Trevan. You mentioned in one of your episodes that you enjoy hearing what your Rex fans are doing when they listen to your podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'd hazard a guess that I may be one of the first of your listeners to declare that Rex Factor has saved my marriage. What? With a very dedicated husband who has managed to find endless home renovation projects mm, for us to tackle over the past four years, listening to Rex Factor has managed to keep my nerves from fraying and keep all the paintbrushes from being thrown at the back of his head. There is also the bonus of every room in my house now reminding me of whatever episode I was listening to while I worked on it. Is that because the decoration is pictures of said <laughs> monarch? A thought that never fails to make me giggle, especially when I remember that Edgar the Peaceable will forever be associated with a short-lived and very ill-advised sea salt pink guest room. I bet he's turning in his grave. <laughs> oh, I was thinking, but you look for a ghastly moment there. I was thinking, what is what? What did Edgar do? <laughs> yeah, salt pink. <laughs> now, uh, Edgar, of course, is never far away from people's thoughts. Yeah, Christopher Graham. Hi, Graham. I just thought you might like to point out to Ali that both of Edgar's contemporaries, Kenneth II of Scotland and Edgar's wife Elfrith, got the Rex Factor, but Edgar himself didn't. Oh, the irony. <laughs> Once again, he was robbed. Um, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. But I, I think, actually, that, that proves my um, very weak and trembling point, <laughs> yeah. that he was surrounded by greatness. Mm. He was reflecting it. Even if some of the greatness was rowing him in a sign <laughs> of objection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clever. Playing the long game. Um, another message uh, on a similar front from Luciana Mendes. Mm. Hello. Hi, I'm from Brazil, Ooh. and I've been listening to the podcast for a while, and I like it a lot. I'm simultaneously listening to the first season and the current season. Oh, wow. Which would I cover to keep it? Yeah. See how we did on the same uh, same era. Oh, the Scots. I was thinking of the consorts. Yeah, mm. yeah, of course. Uh, I've just listened to Elfrith's episode, and something that I got from it is that after Dunstan died, the Vikings returned. Am I correct? Because if this is so, I believe there's a connection between those two facts and it should be investigated. Is that true? It is true, basically. The death of Dunstan almost immediately is followed by the return of the Vikings. You could almost say that the Saxon Golden Age dies with Dunstan. Well, you, you could. <laughs> uh, is that, though, because he, when he dies, then there's lack of stability in court and the uh, Vikings yeah and it was, it was a sort of a long running thing that the old generation that had basically been running because we'd had all these kings yeah. dying so young we yeah. kind of had the same set of advisors for a long period yeah and that's the point at which they basically all died off and it's not quite the Vikings go right chaos let's have a bit of that or alternatively if you were a Viking at the time you're like is he definitely dead right okay now it's worth <laughs> yeah, it exactly right <laughs> Yeah, they just couldn't stand the sight of him. I would also like to address the issue of Edgar the Peaceable not having got the Rex oh, Factor. Goodness. It That's is constantly funny. brought up the fact that Ali was wrong for not having given him the Rex Factor. But I'm here to support him. Good. I'm of the Fantastic. I'm Sorry. of the opinion that Edgar didn't deserve it, so I stand by Ali's decision. Thank you very much, Mar Maria. Uh, message from Kayla. Oh, yeah, I can do this one. Hello. Hello. My other half introduced me to your podcast after we were unable to figure out which Queen Mary was Bloody Mary or even how many Queen Marys there were while discussing our knowledge of English history. Totally fair. <laughs> Indeed, a yeah. subject you've just been struggling Mary with. Mary I, Mary II, Mary Queen of Scots, but then Bloody Mary is Mary I, right? Yes. I mean, I'm not I'm not helping her out here. She's worked <laughs> this out already. I'm, this is just for me. Um, but Mary I, 
did she not spend a load of time in Scotland? No, you're thinking American of Scots. But the, but okay, so she spent time in Spain marrying her Spanish husband. She married a Spanish man. She didn't go to Spain. I'm thinking American and Scots going on there then. She went no, to she France. France. Yeah, okay. Married a French husband. It's confusing. Mm. Uh, anyway, you have since become my favourite podcasters. I've attached two photos of our new puppy, oh. which I will show. Hopefully you'll get a laugh out of the name we chose for her. Now I'm just going to load this up for Ali. Is it Dunstan? Go. Well, that is too sweet. That's been um, totally... That's computer-generated, isn't it? No, no, that's... So <laughs> fluffy. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very fluffy dog. <laughs> and its name is... Ieth. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, it's that way up. Right. And they've even got the... Uh, oh, well, that's Got his card brilliant. in the picture. Good work. They've so named their dog Ieth. That's brilliant. I bet the vet calls it Iad, though. <laughs> and then, but then they'll be spreading the word of hashtag remember Iad. Exactly. She is doing her best to help ensure that at least in this little pocket of northern Canada, someone remembers Iad. Good work. And that is a seriously cute dog. I'd love to know what it is. It's a very cute dog, yeah. I wonder if we could ask her permission to post that on Twitter or something. Yeah. Well, we just have. Oh, yeah. Can we post that on Twitter? <laughs> yeah. uh, Sam on WordPress uh, emailed about Macbeth and uh, Lullock, yeah. monarchs in the Scottish series, because uh, there was a question mark over whether the date sort of, sometimes the date of Macbeth's death is listed as after Lullock, but Lullock was definitely king. Right. So there's a question mark. Oh, and him, did he come from the north or the south? south. Yeah. So there's a question we, what exactly was going on there. Sam says, could there have been co-rule? Macbeth and Lullock both being king with Macbeth a senior partner. We know that the Romans used co-rule and Augustus and a Caesar, and we also know that Romans had influence on Scottish kings because three of them are called Constantine. I've no evidence mm. for this, you just didn't discuss it, and therefore don't dismiss it as a possibility. Mm, that's interesting. It's an interesting one, because Lullock was the one that actually had a proper claim to the throne. Macbeth and Macbeth powerful. was his stepfather, because mm. he married his mother. So perhaps you could have the idea that Lullock, when he comes of age... Then there's a bit of a co-rule yeah. thing going on, maybe. It's very Scottish thing to do as well at this just, time. Just very confusing. Yeah, <laughs> let's let. How can we muddy this water? Here? <laughs> yeah. that's a great theory. Karen Feegan has uh, got in touch about yeah. the Aragorn special episode. Yes, that was ages ago. When was that? Yes, ages ago. Okay. In the Aragorn episode, Ali said his grandmother was from Birmingham yes. and claimed to be related to Tolkien by marriage. Well. That then put out a vague call for genealogists to let him know. So she was wondering whether yeah. there's been any uh, <laughs> any update on that. Oh point. no, no, no! I don't. Uh, I I mean that is the total extent of my knowledge here. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it might just be my grandmother spinning me a yarn. <laughs> but um, well, I'd love to find it. Actually, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'd feel quite disappointed mm. if there's. And I go, thank God, it's only by marriage. <laughs> You're definitely not part of the Tolkien estate. Oh, God, imagine that'd be awful. You get people asking about orcs. No money amount, amount of money's worth that. <laughs> uh, Jen Lin got in touch about our special episode on the Empress Matilda. Mm. Hi there. Hang on, which quickly? Which one is she? Uh, she's Stephen and all that. Yeah, yeah, the okay. anarchy. Yeah. I just listened to the Matilda, the, the confusion you're going to get when we get to the Normans, and they're all called Matilda. Oh my goodness. 
I just listened to the Matilda episode and I want to compliment you on the care you take not to patronise women and your exceptional awareness of when that might happen. I think in battleliness there are times when it wouldn't be patronising to recognise women just for being women when doing, quote, man things. I work in a male-dominated field and longevity of women here is far lower than that of men. Two major contributors to that are parenthood and navigating sexism. There are unique skills that men aren't required to have to navigate and flourish in a male-dominated field. In the face of outright prejudice, one successful approach can be to be cheerful and non-reactive, confusing the enemy. They often just dumbly follow the lead from there on. Yeah, I'd do that. Another approach can be to confront it directly, which takes serious talent to do without alienating people. Mm. I'm sure there are innumerable other approaches, but in any case, the women who saw have talent here. It's a different type of battle, requiring finesse and confidence and determination, but it is a real battle. Finesse might not be a battlefield skill, but it is necessary in an uphill battle against sexism. I've made friends and have been happy in my field, and I can't begin to imagine what it took for Matilda and her kind to power up and stay up. Again, thank you for your care on the topic, and you have this woman's permission to credit women for battliness in this context. Money! Um, That's... um Terribly eloquent, lovely point, lovely mm. put. He says, as complimenting someone's <laughs> eloquence. Um, <laughs> but I'm not sure I understand what she's saying. That we don't give them points for battliness usually. No, so well because it's one of the things which we deba- have been debating in the consort yeah. series, and obviously Empress Matilda, we've done during the consort series mm. of how to be crediting them with battliness when they're not actually in battle mm. as such. Yeah. But it's point that she's making there is actually there are ways in which women have to fight quote compete face constant battle yeah which isn't necessarily with a sword but it's a different kind of fighting it's a different kind of battling and thus it is still relevant to give credit where it's due there even if it's not violent that how she's put it there is what we were trying to get across i think in that first episode wasn't yeah i think that's right that's Mm. to credit them that Mm. um but then what do we do about actual Battliness and well, then they get they get the props. Do you kudos? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, uh, it's nice that people think we're aware of it. Yeah, I worry that we're not. Yeah, lovely. What a great email. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and finally, we've got an email from Tina Johnston on the Saxon names because mm. we had quite a few questions when we've been doing this. When we've seen different versions of the names mm. and how to pronounce them, and questions about elves and all sorts of things mm. so she is a bit of a expert in the old language mm-hmm. old english old english so she got in touch did you just speak old english then <laughs> <laughs> we're both being very eloquent today <laughs> aren't we um she thought of uh, i thought of a better explanation for the gifu giva thing so mm. we've got elf gifu yeah sometimes you'll see it written as el giva yeah rather than el gifu oh, or, or like uh, like ethel drida el mm, giva yeah. sort of stuff that name component is the ancestor of the modern English set of words gift, stroke, give, gave, given, etc. In that set of wo- uh, in that set of words, the F is voiceless next to the voiceless T in gift. But when it's between two vowels in the other words, it's pronounced as the voiced V. The same sound alternation existed in English, but they didn't use the letter V yet because it was just a special case of an F. So we still see this today in the case of wolf becoming wolves. Oh, that oh, that was like a magic trick. I Wife, just totally wives. saw what you were talking about. Yeah, wow. Mm. Knife, knives, and so on. So if you think of a name like Elf Gifu as Elf Given, which is what it means, the V sound is more natural. Yeah. Elf Given. 
Yeah. Elf Giver. Uh, the stressed syllables will also be in the right place. The E in elf and the I in given. Or the E in given. If you leave the U unstressed with an uh, like mush or supper, then you'll be saying the name pretty much as it was said in Old English. So, uh, Elf Giver. Elf Giver. Which then sounds a bit more like yeah. a real word. That's brilliant. Hmm. Wow. Fascinating. I'm, I'm glad there's so many names coming up that are still in use today. In case, not, not so much the female ones, but some of the male ones. In case you're curious, for the ones that start with an E, so Edward, Edmund, Edgar, Yeah. that E rhymed with aid or stayed or made for most of the Anglo-Saxon period. So it would be Aidward, Aidmund, Aidgar. For for most of the Saxon age, or would my man have been called Aidward? So for the Anglo-Saxon period, but it transitioned to the sound you're familiar with before the Norman Conquest. So I guess Edward. coming up to the ele- in the 11th century, it would then have been an mm. E. The other sound in those names were about the same as they are now. Alfred sounded the same then as it does now. Mm. Uh, there are a few other names that are a bit off, though. So one of them is Edwig, mm. he of the threesome fame. Oh, yeah. The G at the end is essentially silent, so the name would have sounded more like Edwi. You've definitely said Edwi before. Yes, I think you will often see it written as Edwi, but I quite like Edwig. Yeah. But it should be pronounced Edwi. Also, the name component dash here sounds like the Greek goddess Hera with an E sound like where or there, not like the modern English word here. So there's a name Elf here, as Mm. I pronounced it, but it would mean Elfair. Elfair. For the uh for Ethelfled stroke Ethelflader mm. and thus like Elfrith mm. uh Elfreda, the A on the end probably comes from her name being written about in Latin texts. Latin needs case endings on nouns, so if for a feminine name that means dash A in the nominative and am and I in the other cases. So perhaps later writers saw that version of the name and liked it better because it looked more familiar to them. Right. So for Ethelfled, for Latinizing, it had to become Ethelfleda. Yeah. And then later I just thought, oh, that looks nice. So should, what, they just add an A on the end so mm. they knew what gender it was? Mm. It made sense in the Latin because effectively it was almost like it was translated into Latin. But then instead of translating it back... They kept the A on. They just kept the A on. Yeah. But but so and the A was never intended to be pronounced then? So the A wouldn't have been there in the, in the Saxon. That is, um, what? why don't they just have male and female names? <laughs> well, they did, but I guess for Latin, they, because of That's the way so that it works, you had to kind of turn it into a... If you were using colouring pencils then, and uh, <laughs> were very 70s in your gender approach to colours, mm. you'd have all the uh, women's names written in pink, and you wouldn't have to use the A. Mm. In all the... mm. See, I feel like this is asking, I'm asking more questions <laughs> as a result of this. <laughs> For the elf names, because we've been asking why is it that we've got so many women oh, yeah. named yeah. after elves, uh, that pretty much comes down to culture. Elves were part of the mythology of the Anglo-Saxons, so people started using them in their names. They liked having cool nouns in their names, like wolf, bear, gift, stone, spear, sword, and so on. That is cool. Those elf names may have started when the belief in elves was strongest, then people just liked them as nice names, even when belief in elves may not have been particularly important anymore. Mm. It's the same reason there are so many people with Christ and cursed names in culturally Christian places, so Christopher, Christina, Christine, uh, Kirsten, etc. That is brilliant. I love it when you can see a parallel and it all makes sense. Mm. Because someone said before about it being about elves, and I thought, that's just really annoying because that's (laughs) rubbish. Yeah. (laughs) So with these names, some people use them for actual religious reasons, but other people just like them because they're nice names. 
Mm. So obviously her being Tina, she's saying she's got one of those Christ names, Christina, uh, but the person who chose it wasn't Christian. Yeah. How interesting. I just like the names once they've come into popular parlance. I mean, I've I've only ever really associated that with uh, literally the name Christian. Mm. Yeah. Christopher, for example, or yeah. Christina. I'd never really put the two yeah. together. Thanks for the opportunity to geek out about old English speech sounds. Keep up the excellent podcasting. That was excellent geeking out, and we love a geek out here. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you very much. So thank you very much for all your messages. Do keep coming coming in. Do keep them coming in. Uh, as we said, we will be back. We are going to be doing that special episode on the Duke of Marlborough. We'll be back with the consorts and Emma of Normandy. Yeah. But your task, your homework for today... Dear listener, oh yes, vote for who you would like us to review next on Rex Factor, the animated show. You've got one week. The deadline is Friday, the thirteenth of September, and your choices are Mary Queen of Scots, Elizabeth I, Queen Anne, and Queen Victoria. So we, we're we're basically it's Rex Factor season now, isn't it? We're back. The, we are back. The weather's going to start turning. It's the, now officially autumn. That's all. But I wonder if that will be a problem because if it's raining while we're podcasting, because there's a Win- skylighty window thing skylight, yeah. if it's raining it's going to be <laughs> which we'll is a pleasant sound yeah but uh, <laughs> that'll be alright oh so I mean the that's, that's going to be the new siren yeah yeah exactly because there's no sirens here yeah. so afraid you'll miss that um, uh, so there's many things that are going to get in the way we've listed a couple here and a few yeah. others that are on coming like the Rugby World Cup etc but Broadly, we're back. Exactly. I am doing research again. The other day, I was actually sat at this desk with a book open, taking notes from it. Did you feel... Did did Was it like a uh, the pressure valve on a pressure cooker or something? You, you know, <laughs> he's home. Yeah. <laughs> now this place feels like my home. The other problem with um, all of this and toddlers looking after, etc., is that I have now reached that point in life where it sort of gets to about half past nine. I was like, oh, I just, I'm just so tired. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Half nine, so definitely I'm on my way to bed. If I can be asleep by ten, I'm a happy little puppy. Mm. But nevertheless, <laughs> we are back, full of energy, <laughs> raring to go. Yeah, I mean it's getting that time. What time is it now? Twenty to nine, Graham. I mean, yeah, you got to get back, or else uh, be gone nine o'clock. Turn into a pumpkin. Yeah. Well, well, thank you very much for listening. Yeah. Vote yeah. for who you want us to do next in yep. Rex Back to the Animated Show. And next time, we will be actual podcasting properly again. Looking forward to it. See you next time. Cheerio.